Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 7 degrees in Edmonton. Thank you, Everly. I, I was taking a big drink of water. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. That is if you want to listen to it live. If you want to listen to it live, go download that Podbean app. That's the app that you use to listen live. Or you can listen to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Stitch. I get all of them. iHeartRadio. We're all over all those as well. Um, but obviously, huge advantage to listening in live. Hey, Everly, are you still over there? Can you hear me? Guess who's on the show? Your aunt. Auntie Lulu says hi, Everly. <laughs> she says hi back. Um, yeah, you get to uh, join in on the chat just like everybody else is. Um, you can ask any questions in the chat. You can click the call-in button and uh, ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning, free coaching. Take advantage of it, right? That's why it's here. Heck yeah. Not just to hit, listen to us ramble on. I'm sure that's fun too. Yeah. Did you get a good sleep last night, darling? No. No? I could tell you're not here. <laughs> Zoned out. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, I just want to say good morning to everybody that's uh, tuning in live. Who do we got in, in here with us today? Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Auntie Lulu. <laughs> good morning, Josh. Sean. Mr. Como. Como's Matt. in the house. <laughs> good morning, Matt. Good morning, Carlos. Elray, Ryan, Taylor, Chastin, Courtney. Someone just said, hi, hi. I don't know who it was, though. It just flashed on my screen. <laughs> morning, uh, Sheila. It's Kyle. Kyle, Sam. Yep, you betcha. Cody's here. Mitchell's here. Kathleen. Holy doodle. Robbie, Mitchell. Holy doodle, indeed. Um, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> Did I say, Francis? Good morning, Joey. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Hey, um, just like yesterday, if you got something you want to talk about, put it in the chat, right? Um, Please do. Yesterday, we talked about um, tips for um, was it staying organized or tips for, for I can't remember. <laughs> Son of a gun. I was say, I have no clue what we talked about yesterday. Just tips for investors in general when, when you're when you're when Oh, you're a life, novice. life, life tips. Family, newborn job. When you're a novice investor, right? And it ended up stemming into a whole 45-minute uh, topic. So yeah. um, I don't want to talk about what I got going on. I want to talk about what you've got going on and or something that's 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 um that's holding you back. Um, something you're struggling with because I, I could talk for 45 minutes just about anything. Um, but I, I want it to be impactful and meaningful to you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Cody, it's a big day for Cody today. Cody's going down to the lawyers. And he's going to be signing some papers for his uh, his first flip. First fix and flip. Woo-hoo. Cody joined. When did Cody join Masters Mentorship Program? It wasn't right off the bat. Cody joined. September. September. That's right. Wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a fast mover. That's amazing. Um, and he got invited to be a guest on a podcast. Say what? Say what? That's awesome. Congratulations. We'll keep an eye out for that. It's a good Tuesday, Cody. Wow. <laughs> wow. Don't forget to go celebrate. More tacos. <laughs> we um, we went out for a, uh, a really, really nice dinner last night. Um, um, Calvert uh, Mortgage. Calvert Home Mortgages, yeah. Invited us out and uh, a few of our uh, masters in the mentorship program who have used their services and uh, we had an awesome dinner and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was. It was awesome. Um, went out for tacos. Yeah. Um, it was it was, it was good to because Gabby and I were due for a few celebrations as well. Uh, we've had a few wins over the last few weeks that we have neglected to celebrate. Um, so that was really nice. We were able to, to get that uh, done as well. And, and yeah, it was just good spending time with everybody, the, the masters and, and Ryan and Alicia. So yeah. yeah, very, very cool night. Yeah. That was my first time meeting Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. You've gone out with him before and, um, Alicia, I did not know that, um, she worked for Calvert. So it's kind of cool. Um, we follow each other on Instagram. We've crossed paths there. And yeah, I was like, "Oh, hey." <laughs> well, yeah, we talked about that after after we left because I did that didn't click. Yeah, for it me. didn't click for Wayne. He had no clue what was going on. I knew she looked very familiar, um, but I've only spoken to her over email uh, before, and I did not realize that I already kind of knew her through social media. Yeah, yeah. but anyways, glad yeah, we all- I just knew her for her um, investment for property ventures. Oh, okay, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty cool. No comments yet. And oh my God. Josh, I'm looking to you. Josh, say, I'm looking to you, buddy. I'm hoping that you got some questions again today. <laughs> or Josh Andriot or Josh. How many Joshes we got in here today? We have a lot. We have, um, well, I don't know if they're all here, actually. I'm not going to. We have Josh Wingert. Oh, we got Josh Wingert, too. We got the yeah. three Joshes so far. Can I get a fourth? <laughs> Can I get a fourth, Josh? We have lots of Josh's and lots of Matt's in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Francis uh, has a question. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got that there. I've got it pinned on my screen. I will make sure we get into that. Um, just want to take a little quick commercial break here. Uh, and then we're going to talk about upcoming events and then we're going to get into that question. And if you guys have any other questions as well, please post it there in the comments. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right, no sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. (laughs) So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. 
And we are back. Um, do we have anyone new on the show today? You know, I was just scrolling through and I've, I noticed um, Catherine's been in a couple times now. Yep. Welcome, Catherine. Hello, hello. Wait, did, did, she, did she confirm who she was or she say hi to anything yesterday? I don't think, I think so. You asked, you asked, yeah. like, who's this Catherine lady? <laughs> and, and Steve, Steve Boyer. Who? Steve's, uh, Steve's out of Calgary. I spoke to Steve recently. Steve, is this your first time on our show? I think, I'm pretty sure he was out of Calgary. Hello. I hope he is. I wasn't going <laughs> to feel like an idiot. I'm fairly sure. First that, time, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome, Steve. All right. And of course, Sneaky Pete Repeat hops in the room at 6.08 a.m. <laughs> Sneaky Pete Repeat. <laughs> We see you. We see you. And I, you know what? I hope I hope that uh, Sneaky Pete comes out too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna stop calling you Sneaky Pete. Pete repeat um, is good enough. Pete repeat. Yeah. Um, I hope that Pete repeat comes out to our meetup this Friday. Um, we have an REI Masters hosted uh, or sponsored events, networking events on Friday um, at one of our flips in Parkview in Edmonton. Um, that is Friday, what five thirty to seven thirty. Yes. Yes. Um, feel free to dress up. We're not going to dress up, but feel free to dress up. I might dress up. We'll see. You might dress up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, come on out and, uh, network with other investors, um, in the, in the master's community. Um, as well, you get to see a fix and flip. I, I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of people that have signed up for this Friday. Um, we were taking a peek at the, the attendee list <clears throat> and a lot of them were there the first time we held a meet up there. Uh, and that was right after we took possession of it. So you get to see the full transformation of it. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in real estate, if you're interested in flipping, or if you're just interested in just surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, that's the place to be. Yeah. Um, our community is full of action takers. Yeah. And uh, these are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. So uh, I checked before the show. I see eight spots left. Yeah. Which <clears throat> means only one ticket was sold yesterday or really? taken. I shouldn't say sold because they're free. Yeah. But. Well, they're free tickets. Yeah. But there's only enough spots for 50 people. So yeah, there's eight left. Yes. Hop on it if you want to. And then also in Calgary, uh, we have an REI Masters uh, sponsored uh, meetup. meetup as well in Calgary on Saturday. And that is from? 2.30 to 5, I believe. Oh, come on. I can. I'll pull it up. You want me to pull it up? I'll pull it up. I'd prefer if you pulled it up. I mean, just like go register and find out what time it is then. You lazy people. Gabby's a little irritable this morning because she didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> Two nights in a row, no sleep. <laughs> oh my God. 2.30 to 5. 2.30 to 5. I am on the fence <laughs> if I'm coming or not. I do if, if, when I go to Calgary to check on the flip, I want to. I like to come during the week when the the contractors are there. Yes. And uh, so going on a Saturday is like, I'm pretty much just gonna wake up on Saturday, have breakfast, go drive three hours, do the thing for three hours, and then drive home for three hours, and that just sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds absolutely terrible. Except the being there for three hours. Yeah. It sounds lovely, right? Yeah, for sure. That. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the, the, the six hours of driving just is, it's, it's not a fun drive either, unless I've got people to talk to. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll just open up my, my calendar for coaching calls. I'll do like a, <laughs> I'll do like a, a discount thing or something so I can get all my coaching calls done on the drive. Maybe I'll do that. Do it. 
I don't know. I, I got to be productive on the drive. Otherwise, just like, yeah, sitting there looking at the road when it's dark. Ugh. It's it's not fun. But uh, but yeah, I, I really do want to get you are right. I really do want to go on Saturday because there's a lot of people that um, I want to see. Um, I want to see the progress because uh, I, I feel like this is probably going to be one of the last meetups if it's not the last one. Yeah. Do you know? Because I, it, I don't. It's, yeah. I mean, Jared talked about doing one more, but like right now things are going to be happening fast. Yeah. I am. I got to follow up with our contractors today and get an answer on the timeline, the updated timeline. Cause it's not, um, we had, we had a timeline, but it, it doesn't seem to be matching up. It sounds like they did some other things instead yeah. of doing some things first. And, um, I just want to make sure that we're still on online in line with the, with the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do that. And then, yeah, but it seems like it's less than, it's close. It's very close. Yeah. doesn't seem like it's close, but it's all going to go together very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to see that and hoping to see all these other investors uh, there. Um, yeah. I feel like I was going to go somewhere with that, but I can't remember. <laughs> um, what, what is Ken saying that the podcast is increasing in popularity? Cause we have some newbies. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. I we, <clears throat> Maybe feel free to put this in the comments. Keep an eye on the comments, Kev. But, you know, how did you hear about the podcast? That's what I want to know. I and any Anytime anyone ever says, oh, I love your podcast. I've been listening to it for a long time. I always want to know where, how you found it. Because um, from, from what I've, from what I've gathered is that we are, we are, not doing very well in the search rankings, even though like if you look, if you go search up real estate investing morning show or real estate investing or real estate investment, real estate Edmonton, real estate Canada, real estate Alberta, we're right there in like the top five for search rankings on just about every search. However, when I ask people, they're like, oh yeah, a friend of mine told me. Word of mouth is fantastic. Word of mouth, yeah. Sean Ash found us um, looking up. He says, I searched up real estate investing Canada. And that's how it came up. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. That's good. Um, El Ray found out about it on a bigger pockets forum. So Oop. someone mentioned us on a forum. Wow. That's cool. Um, Almost, Ama- hmm? Amanda heard you as a guest on another podcast. Don't ask me which one though. <laughs> yeah. That, that I hear that literally. I hear that exact same answer many, many, many times. I heard you on another podcast. Can't remember which one it was. Um. Which reminds me, I should probably go on a few other podcasts. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I keep saying that I've said that probably for the last six months. I should probably go on a few podcasts, and it's not like I'm worried about what to talk about because I can talk about anything. I think that I, I'm not worried about that. I'm like I'm worried about like ugh, doing it. I don't know. I don't like the interview style model. I can do it, but like I like this. Yeah. Well, we just did a fun little interview last night. Yeah. With Calvert. It was fun to sit down together and talk about what we have going on. We were interviewed by by Calvert Home Mortgage last night. And um yeah, actually to be honest, that went really well. Like we're uh, like we're really good at it. <laughs> I, I when I say that, I mean like like we're really good at it because like we have things to talk about. It's easy. It, it's not like we have to prep. It's not like I have to have notes or talking points. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't know. I just uh I like the morning show vibe better. 
than other types of podcasts. You know what I mean? The interviews or like reading, yeah. you know, stuff or like having prepared presentations. I like just, just getting on the mic, taking my first couple sips of coffee and talking about, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Sheila also found us by searching Real Estate Canada. Interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. It does work. Yeah. I put uh, a lot of effort into that. Yeah. Um. Ken uh, was a, a referral from Chris Andrenal. Courtney found out from moi as part of my mastermind. Okay. <laughs> All right. And Kyle watched a YouTube video with you and Barry about agreements for sale and then did some Googling. He was, he's like, who is this Wayne dude? He creeped Google, me. Google, Google, and found the show. He creeped me. <laughs> yeah, I... Um mentioned this a few times a lot of people think that we just do flipping they don't know that like my expertise is actually an agreement for sales that's that's how we built our portfolio um we just don't do it as much anymore yeah well so we use it we use it um we use it on the selling side though yeah um not so much on the buying side i'm getting too old for that young man's game <laughs> <laughs> just like just it not not agreement for sales but just like hustling and and, you know, door knocking and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like the whole wholesaling thing as well. It's just like, it's, it's a grind. It is. It's a hustle. And um, you got to be, you got to be young. You got to have limited obligations and you got to just go. <clears throat> Sorry. I mean, you need to, you need to have zero excuses and you just need to be 100% committed to it. And it's very hard to be 100%, 100% committed to it when, when you got, you know, obligations, kind of like the conversation we had yesterday. You know what I mean? Like when I'm looking at it, do I go, when I get a, when I get someone respond to one of my listings or respond to one of my, you know, they, they reply back to one of my comments on one of their posts or something like that. And they're like, yes, I would be interested in selling my house with seller financing. You get a message like that. You have to drop everything you're doing and you go leave and you go get them to sign on the line that is dotted. You got to close that person quickly before, you know, they call some other sign or they call some other ad. And so I would just like drop dinner and I'd leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's literally the mentality you need to have in order to succeed in that. And it's, it's really hard when, you know, you're looking, you know, at your family and maybe it's like, it's really exciting the first couple of times. And then you look back after a few weeks and your kid looks at you and is like, dad, are you leaving again? What time will you be home this time, daddy? Yeah. It's like straight out of like an episode of seventh heaven. <laughs> You feel like a big bag of shit. Why don't and you sell good cars, Dad? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One person is going to get your Matilda reference. I heard they're coming out with another Matilda. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a young person's game, um, which I just I I, I can't do as I, I can't. Oh, trust me. If anybody can close an agreement for sale, it's me. I, there's no one better than me. I am that good. However, um, the value of it now, I just, you know, once, as you start to scale and as you start to grow, you just start working on bigger things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and bigger businesses and that type of stuff. So my energy is better used in other spots now. But boy, am I good at it though. I'm real good at it. Nice uh, catch on the swear there. Did, did I? Yeah, you're going to drop the F-bomb and you, you, you caught it. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm really trying. Um, I feel like we'd have a lot more listeners. Um, if you stopped? 
yeah, I feel like a lot more moms would listen in the car with their kids <laughs> if I stopped swearing. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> do we get through all of our upcoming events? Yeah. Just this Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Um, how many of you, show of hands, show of hands or, uh, yeah, put a, put a hand emoji uh, in the comments. How many of you would be interested in a real estate investing boot camp in the near future? We did one way back in May. We have not done one since because we've been so busy, but I'm thinking about doing one soon. Um, no excuses. I'm just going to get it done. How many of you would be interested in that? And I, I'm curious if if we start seeing some hands coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you want one just like a general real estate investing boot camp? Or do you want a boot camp on buying your first rental property? The content will be slightly different. Got some hands up. I want to know if it is more valuable to just do like if you want a boot camp just in general, just to like as a Kickstarter, you know what I mean? A basic training just to like get you in shape and get you reminding you why it is that you're doing it. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you start talking about this back in May or maybe you start talking about this back in January and you look at the calendar and you're like, oh my God, November is next Tuesday and I haven't done um, poop. And you just need that kick in the butt. Wow, this whole not swearing thing sucks. It is not (laughs) inspiring. (laughs) Or would you rather have a boot camp that will show you the ins and outs of buying your first rental property? So we would have a realtor. We would have a lawyer. We would have um, a mortgage broker. Just going over like all of the basics, the 101 of buying your first rental property. And the, and the blinders that you have on when you don't pick those right people to help you. Yes. Yeah. They can talk about that. Going over the basics of cash flow, how to buy the right property, how to know what kind of type of property is good for you, how to choose a market, that kind of stuff. That's where I'm stuck right now is I'm trying to figure out which one is people going to get most value from. I feel like we're going to get a lot more people coming to the first one because yeah. it's more general. Yeah. We'll have less people come into the second one because everyone's already bought their first property, but that's again, so I know helpful lot, for all of the new people coming in. Yeah, yeah. I do know a lot of people who own one or two properties that did not take those things into consideration, like building their 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 power team early mm-hmm. on. And their first two properties were just a complete mistake. Mm-hmm. And maybe they are back to, you know, starting from scratch and, and learning how to buy the right properties this time. So mm-hmm. anyways, I want to see what you guys think in the comments. You let me know afterwards, Gabby, what the general consensus is. I might do a post uh, or a poll in our free real estate investing masters Facebook group. <clears throat> Pardon me. Just to see what, uh, what everyone thinks is the most valuable and we'll put it together. Um, the fact that we only have these two meetups planned, I feel like, we could squeeze a little bit of time <laughs> yeah. towards it. Looks like people are interested in both. Son of a gun. But we have a few votes for um, the buying first rental property. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen a ridiculous amount of people coming into our community that are brand new lately. Yeah. And, you know, I first thing I always do is I just advise them to, hey, don't hop into some coaching program right away. Don't pay for our coaching program. Just come down to the morning show. Um, and just ask your questions for free. Okay. Um, start just asking questions and none of these questions are dumb. They may feel dumb, but they're not just start, you know, 
and and just be a sponge. Yeah. And then when you're ready to go 100% all in or when maybe after you spend a little bit of time in this community and answering, you know, asking questions, getting them answered, maybe you realize at that point that, okay, this is something I really want to take seriously. Or maybe it's something that you're not interested in at all. But if you do, it is something that you really want to take seriously, then hop into a program that's going to help guide you and mentor you. Um, but I've seen a lot of people coming in recently and I just feel like we don't, unless people ask the questions on the morning show, I just feel like sometimes some of these conversations are way too in-depth yeah. and way too complicated and it's not as valuable for someone new. So I want to do something for, for, for newer investors just to get over the basics of like cash flow, you know, buying properties, how to choose a market, um, that kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. how to choose your professionals. I'm kind of leaning towards it, but I know that one's going to be a bigger project for us. <laughs> you mean for me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy when you've got previous slides that you can use and, and previous um, presentations that you can reference. But when you got to create a whole new presentation, it's a big thing. And we are very busy. Very busy. Good morning, Nathan. Nathan's here? Yeah. Rut row. Did Nathan um, sleep in? Uh, 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Hey, <laughs> I, before we get into the questions, I know there's two questions here. I actually was, I, I mentioned this. I Did you hear me giggle when I woke up this morning? Yes, I did. Yeah. You, you sat up laughing. It was weird. I, because I've been thinking about this a lot and I know there must be something behind it. But have you guys ever noticed, and, and keep it on the comments for me, have you guys ever noticed that like right before your alarm clock goes off, sometimes you wake up? It's almost like you wake up or sometimes in your dream, you tell yourself, well, it's time to get up. Or like in your dream, your mom will be like, get up. And then you wake up and then two seconds later, your alarm goes off. It's the worst. <clears throat> what do you mean the worst? <laughs> what, what do you think is worse? You think that's worse or you think that your alarm clock waking you up is worse? I think that's worse because when you wake up, you instantly think that you still have time. And it's like. Just close your eyes again. But then you look at the clock and then you're like 30 seconds away. I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, how? How? Because that makes you think. Can can our minds predict the future? Oh, geez. Here we can, go. I, I'm, it's just the, the thoughts that are going through my head. Calm down. I did some Google searching. <laughs> um, can... Can we either A, predict the future, or B, can we can we travel through time? Oh, dear. Did the alarm go off, what did but Google I was say? still sleeping? I went into the dark web to find some answers. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, how do we know that it's time? How does, how does, how does our, how do we wake up and then hear the alarm? Matt not, has the answers. And not the alarm, which Matt? <laughs> Cassidy. <laughs> okay. Wayne doesn't want the answers. I have. He wants I, you to entertain his I've, crazy thoughts. I've got a few articles here, which I found out before the show. And that's why I just wanted to talk about it. But I have a feeling that Matt thinks that we can predict the future. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what Matt 100 says. 100% what Matt said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Garrett says, and the earth is also flat, Wayne. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he, here's the truth. Here's Here's what I read is that your body's internal clock is just that good. 
Uh, does it mention circadian rhythm? Um, first of all, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I did see something very similar to that, but how does he know that off the top of his head? Because he like studies that stuff, Wayne. You can study a lot of things, but to, to, to that specifically? Well, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I took some like psychology courses in grade 12, some like university courses. Yeah. And I remember very distinctly studying like um, sleep, uh, sleep patterns and habits. And like that was a big, a big uh, topic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm guessing that that's just a your, normal thing. Your body loves routine, loves routine. Because the more predictable you are, the more predictable, the more it can help you mm -hmm. releasing certain endorphins and, and, and controlling your blood pressure and your body temperature and, and all those types of things. So it can, you could be a finely, it wants, your body wants to be a finely tuned machine. And when you're going to bed at odd hours yeah. and having no consistency and waking up with no consistency, your body can't help you. It doesn't know what the hell you're doing. So if you are going to bed at a, you know around the same time every night and you are waking up, well, if you have an alarm set and your alarm is going off at the same time every day, your body will, will actually set its own internal alarm. It actually releases a certain protein in the last hour before you're about to wake up. So for us, it'd be like that five o'clock range, 430 yeah. range. It releases a certain protein that basically helps it, it gets your, you know, the protein levels rise and, and, um, and it, it, it basically gets you set up to wake up and then it knows when to wake you up because your body hates the alarm. It hates the, the, the jarring, you know, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I get you. It, it, it hates being woken up that way. Yeah. It doesn't like it because it's stressful. Your, your body is trying to keep you from being stressed. It's always trying to keep you in comfort, right? All of this, I don't know if you're realizing this all kind of relates to what it takes to be a successful real estate investor, right? Consistency. Your body loves to keep you in the comfort zone, right? And this is just, it's, it's working internally against you in some ways. But in this, in this case, it's actually really good for you because it wants to wake you up for your alarm because, hey, I know you're about to get really scared and it's going to raise your <laughs> blood pressure and it's going to be probably, you know, it's going to, it's going to make you unhappy. So I'm going to wake you up a few seconds before your alarm. Yeah. It's so cool. Garrett's got it. Just, he, he says, this is why I go to sleep at 10 every night on vacation or anything. F it. Bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what, if you do that, your, your, your body will help you. It will help you get sleepy. But if you're like, if you're inconsistent and you're drinking coffee at weird hours and like some days you go to bed at nine, some days you go to bed at 11, it's like, I can't get any sleep and my sleep is interrupted. Just keep a consistent routine mm -hmm. and your body will help you. Poor shift workers. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's rough do that. And, and for those of you that are like, I've been struggling to get up for the morning show every morning, consistency, it's going to take some time. Yeah. Do you think it was easy for us when we started? No. Hell no. It was hard. Good morning, and, Liam. And, and, and some, and some evenings, actually most evenings, we are a little inconsistent with, with, um, going to bed at the right hour, which, yeah. which has been really hard. 
Um, just because sometimes I'm working a little bit later. Sometimes Gabby has her mastermind. Sometimes um, we, I don't know, we, we really get hooked on a show and we want to finish it. I'm sure all you guys can relate to, but, um, you know, going to bed at, at the same time, going, waking up at the same time every day. Um, if you treat your body with respect like that, it'll, it'll respect you back and it'll make things a lot easier. But I was, I was blown away by, and I think I heard this, uh, you know, years ago, but the internal clock, knowing that it's time to get up. And I don't know if I should talk about this either, but like you can train your body in a lot of things. Um, okay. And just, I'm just going to keep this super simple. You can train your body when to go to the bathroom as well. You can. Have you ever noticed that you go to the bathroom pretty much the same time every day? A lot of people like to do it at work. Are you talking about pooping? Yes. Oh yeah. 100%. Your bowel, your bowel is, yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to talk about, but you can train your body when you want to. And it, it, I, it works. It works. And, you know, even if you've been training it at a certain time, you know, every you can change it over time with consistency. It's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that. I thought it was pretty cool. We have questions. Okay. I, I see another one from Pete. I'm just saving this one here. Do you want to um, do Francis's question first while I'm just getting these other ones organized? Francis says, topic for the day, bowel movement 101. (laughs) That's a big one for clickbait. Sorry, you want me to go back up to France? I have it. I just wanted to see if there was any other questions outside of these three. Um, Um, So you got Francis, Kyle, Pete, and Ryan had one at the bottom. Ryan has one as well? Mm -hmm. I missed that. I am scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, there it is. Okay. Francis, I have no clue what she's talking about, by the way. Do you? I haven't read it, but I'll okay. read it right now. I'll um, read it out loud. Okay. Okay. Can we talk about the landlord who bought a house in Oshawa? That's Ontario, right? Is Oshawa, Ontario? Yeah. The Schwa? <laughs> Oshawa. You're not a big fan of the Schwa? <laughs> Can we talk about the landlord who bought a house in Oshawa in the hot market through a wholesaler, sight unseen, and is now facing the prospect of homelessness because the tenant will not leave, and she's unable to evict. Now realtors are gloating and posting about the drawbacks of buying from wholesalers. What could she have done differently? I haven't heard this story. Yeah. So it Um, sounds like, okay, so says that she's a landlord who bought a house, but then it also seems like maybe she was planning to move into said house because the existing tenant she can't evict and she's facing homelessness. I, I guess what I'm just curious is, did the did the did the buyer buy it as a primary residence? Okay, Francis says yes, Gabby. So I guess yeah, she was buying it as a okay. primary. <clears throat> and they can't get the tenant out; she's unable to evict. Um, you know, where's our Ontario experts uh, today? Like, what is the process for evicting a tenant? When you're moving in. When you're moving in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, that would I be don't. the big question because um, I don't know what that is in Ontario. I know that, like, in Alberta, don't you have to give, like, how much notice is it? 
you're purchasing to move in? Three months or something? 90 days, I 90 believe. days, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a little while since I've looked into the um, into this rule. Yeah, because I guess like first of all, um, did she know that it was tenanted? Because I mean, like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm, I think it would be best um, because I, I I don't. It's not that I don't have an answer, but if I, even if I did have an answer, I'm not a hundred percent certain on it. I'm not a complete expert on it. So what I would recommend, Francis, is let's um, let's let's post your your question there or your you know your comments and in the Facebook group, the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. And I'd like to hear from more Ontario investors. Maybe I can get um, uh, Tony Miller to have a look at it because I know Tony yeah. will know the answer. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, and see what the rules are on that. I I know that. Um, if you say you're moving in that you can't evict them, but at the same time, is it a matter of the tenant not wanting to leave? And maybe it's just maybe a process to get them out. Well, that is, the, yeah. that's the whole, it's not, it's not the, it's, I don't think it's necessarily the rules. It sounds like it's like the tenant is refusing to, and then there's a process to get into the landlord tenant board and to he get your hearing, you know what I mean? And to get all that stuff rolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so realtors are now gloating and posting about the drawbacks of buying from wholesalers. So I don't really see how that's relevant though. Well, the realtors are like, well, if you had a professional doing this, they would have helped you through this whole process and would have mm -hmm. told you about this as opposed to just buying through a wholesaler, you know, saying that like, you know, the wholesaler says, Hey, I've got this deal here, sign here. And you can buy this place, but no yeah. diligence was done. I don't think the realtors, I mean, realtors do do some form of diligence, but mostly it's your lawyer that does the diligence. Yeah. So I'm imagining they bought this place sight unseen. They never went to see that there was a tenant living there. They, you know. I'm sure they knew that it was tenanted though. Maybe or maybe not. Right? Maybe yeah. Let's say they didn't. Let's say they didn't and they never saw it and they were planning on moving into it, they would send off the, the purchase contract and the assignment contract off to the lawyer. Lawyer, you know, contacts the other lawyer, the seller. They both sign documents, and they say that possession date is going to be on November 1st, right? At what point, if a seller was trying to um, hide that information, that there was a tenant in there, I assume it would be in the purchase contract somewhere. There's, there's just got to be a spot in there. I can't remember off the top of my head if it's tenanted. Uh, yeah, that you'll give like the documents and everything, the lease, the security deposit, um, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think it's not in the purchase agreement, but it's like an addendum, I think. Yeah. But would they have to? Would they have to share that information that there is a tenant in there? In order to have that addendum, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or could they have just not said anything? No, it's not tenanted. And then they bought the house. They go to move in there and find out there's a tenant in there. And the seller's like, oh, yeah, they're supposed to be out. And now yeah. the person's, you know, got this mortgage. They have the mortgage payments. They can't get this tenant out. They're going through the whole landlord tenant board thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I assume. That's yeah. that's what I would assume is going on right now. Yeah. So that or, you know, the tenant was supposed to leave. They didn't leave. And now they're going through court. 
just a homeowner trying to navigate the whole landlord tenant board and not understanding it would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Especially Ontario. Yeah. She did say it was a landlord, but that doesn't mean that they're a sophisticated landlord, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some chatter. Cody had asked, um, so in Alberta about the 90 days, um, to, and okay, hold on. I'm just going to scroll back. Uh, Cody said, so even if the tenant has a fixed term lease, can you still give three months halfway through? And once it's gone unconditional. So if a landlord is selling a rental property that is tenanted here in Alberta and the new buyer is a homeowner and they're going to be moving into the property. As soon as they remove conditions and it's an unconditional sale, they can provide the tenant 90 days notice um, to, vacate. To, to vacate because they're moving in as a as the new owner and homeowner mm-hmm. like that they're moving in. Um, I, it's different if it's a rental property, like if it's maintaining a rental property, right? You do need to, um, isn't it, Wayne? I don't understand your question. Sorry. Like if a landlord is buying said property, said tenanted property, then the landlord has to take over the existing lease. Yes. Unless they want to try to offer them cash for keys or whatever. If a landlord, if, if the buyer is not moving into it, then yes, they need to, they inherit the existing lease. Yeah. Um, however, if the new buyer is moving in, then once it becomes an unconditional offer, then they can serve notice to vacate within 90 days. Yeah. And so this happened a lot during COVID. Yes. Um, Lots of, uh, when the market went up, tons of landlords started selling their houses. They're like, I'm selling while it's hot. And lots of tenants were faced with having to vacate halfway through their terms because people, because homeowners were purchasing them and moving in. Mm -hmm. So the rental market all of a sudden spiked like crazy. I remember putting a property, um, a half duplex, just a single family half duplex on the market. And people were literally like, like fighting with each other through me. Like I had tons of like qualified applicants and they were like, I'll like, what, what do you need? Like, I want this so bad. Tell me what to do. Give it to me. Not these other people. Like, like it was getting like (laughs) crazy because, and almost all of them were displaced because their property was being sold. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So yes, it is a, it is a thing. You can be vacated halfway through your term if the, the person purchasing is moving in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle had another question. I want to get through all these questions today. Um, Kyle had a question about rent to owns. When implementing rent to owns, do you find the house first, then line up the tenant buyers or tenant buyers first, then the house? What's the kind of success rate have, have you had with this strategy? Um, okay. So property first or tenant first, that's the, uh, the big question. Yeah. Um, this, so before I, before I was really knowledgeable in rent to own, that confused me, the whole property first or tenant first, I didn't understand. So I just want to clarify that in case anybody else is like, what? Um, but property first means you own the property and you are trying to find a rent to own tenant buyer to, to occupy it, to yes. agree to purchase it through rent to own. Or you're buying a property. Yes. Or you are are buying a property and then trying to find a tenant to fill it. Whereas tenant first is you qualify a rent to own buyer, a tenant buyer, you qualify them, they're eligible, they fit the, the, the program and everything. And then you go shopping with them to find their 
house that they would like to purchase through your rental and program. So that's the difference between property first and tenant first. Um, the question seemed like it was directed to us and how we do it. Um, uh, but I'm going to just going to speak generally because how we do it should not affect your decisions. Um, how we do it depends uh, on, on the properties that we, that we have and, and the exit strategies that we're looking for. Um, it depends on our goals, right? Um, historically, uh, the success rate has been significantly better when you do a tenant first approach where you would qualify a tenant buyer. You would get them all set up an application. You would um, get proof of their uh, deposit funds. You would send them to a mortgage broker to, you know, see how much they could qualify for and when they would be able to qualify for their own mortgage. And then once they're approved for a certain amount and a certain affordability, when I say a certain amount, I mean a certain purchase price for a property and a certain affordability per month. And then what you do is you set them up with your realtor to go out shopping for a home within that with that criteria. They go find a home that they like within their purchase price range, within their affordability range. And then when they choose the home they like, you would put the offer on the property, you would buy it, and then you would give them a lease option on that property. And the reason why it's more successful in that route than doing a property first is because the tenant buyer gets to choose the home as opposed to you providing them with an opportunity on a property that might not be their first choice. Or might not fit their financials. That too. Yeah. But I think that there's a higher success rate when, when the people get to choose the house that they want as opposed to, you know, take advantage of an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, because what will happen is, you know, a couple of years into it, maybe they change their mind. Maybe they, they have a kid and they realize this house isn't big enough. And maybe you smooth talk them into, you know, this amazing opportunity years ago, but it just doesn't make sense for them anymore. And they change their mind, which is not a huge deal. But I mean, if you're trying to make a business out of this, you want to make sure that you are, that, that, that your clients are successful. You don't want them to fail. You don't want them to walk away from it. Even if you get to keep their deposit money as non-refundable, all that other nonsense. Um, it's, it's rent to own. It's not rent to fail. Right? You want to make sure they're succeeding. So um, historically, the tenant first approach has always been better just because they get to choose the house that they want. Um, now we've done rent to owns um, for both. And uh, the, uh, when we do property first, uh, we've always paired that with the agreement for sale strategy. Um, so we would acquire a property by way of agreement for sale. And then we would, our exit strategy would be the rent-to-own strategy. So we would acquire a property by way of agreement for sale. We take possession of the property. We have a seller financing agreement with the seller. And then we would give a lease option agreement or rent-to-own agreement to a tenant. And we would line that up, their term up with the term on our agreement for sale. So at the end of our agreement for sale term, our rent-to-own buyer would transact on it and it would be a seamless transaction. So uh, that's when we've used the rent-to-own strategy. Uh, we've used it on, on, on another property, uh, the two other properties, three, three, three other properties as well. can't remember. Um, we've, we've done rent-to-own property first a few times. It just is like, uh, 
I like rent to own, but if I, I'm not going to use a strategy just like, just cause I feel like it. Like when I, when I implement a strategy, I'm going to, I'm going to create a business around it. Right. Because it's, it's all about focus, right? You want to make sure you're focusing on one or two things. Um, I'm not just going to find a property and be like, oh, I should try a green versus, or I should try rent to own on this, or oh, I should try short term rentals on this. Airbnb sounds cool. I saw someone got lots of cash flow. You're just all over the place and you're not focused on anything and you never really succeed. You never really finish anything. So um, the only reason we use rent to own was because it worked for those properties. But, you know, when I look at a rental property that I buy and I determine, I'm trying to determine, do I want to do a rental or rent to own? My business model was rentals and yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Even though I can get higher cash flow with rent to own, I don't want to distract myself. I hope you guys all really heard that because I know there's a lot of you right now who that's your approach is getting distracted. Like, oh, what could I do with this? Ooh. Yeah. Maybe I'll try rent to own. Maybe I'll do Airbnb. Maybe like what? And that's why starting with the end in mind is so important. Yeah. And then build build a business that supports your end goal. Yeah. Don't just do this and that and all the other things. So I'll tell you my thought process when I was doing that. And I'm going to work on getting these other questions done, I promise. And I'll stay a little bit late if I need to. Um, my thought process when, when I was thinking about doing those rent-to-owns stemmed from where we were at at that particular time in our investing journey. So that was around the time when we kind of had a roadblock. We couldn't get any joint venture partners and we had to come up with a solution. I was trying. Okay. I know a lot of you guys are like, I can't get a joint venture partner. And then I asked, did you try? And I know a lot of you guys aren't trying. Like you haven't asked. I was trying. Hustling. I was calling everybody and I was having no luck. And I tried and it didn't work. And the feedback that I was getting was, please go get some more experience first. I'm like, son of a gun. Like, this is so frustrating. I could talk your ear off about every investing strategy and about the market and everything else. And yet people didn't feel confident enough in me. So I get it. So I'm like, I got to find a way to acquire properties uh, without joint venture partners and without using my own money. So I saw one of uh, Barry McGuire's agreement for sale courses coming up. I'm like, I'm taking it. And we did not have the money. We put it on a credit card and we, I, I told Gabby, we're just going to do it and we're going to learn this. I'm going to implement it. And then I learned how to do it. And then, you know, those properties, those property types with agreement for sales, they don't typically cash flow. In a lot of cases, they're actually negative cash flow, which they make a lot of money on paper. They make money. It's just the way that they're financially structured with the mortgages. Um, you're not getting, you're not getting, it's more on the mortgage pay down than it is on the cash flow, Right. So I was able to, 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 to get the outcome that I wanted, which was buying properties and experience and exposure of that, the optics of me buying properties to show joint venture partners that I, I know what I'm doing. Um, but unfortunately, they were negative cash flow. So I needed to find a solution to that. What strategy can I combine with this to make sure that it doesn't affect my livelihood and like my, my household income? Right? I didn't want to acquire lots of properties that were negative $200 each I get 10 of them and now suddenly I'm pumping $2,000 a month into this property out of my own pocket. That was, you know, counterproductive. So we took a course on rent to owns 
And then so we were able to pair it with the rent to own because the cash flow from the rent to own, the additional cash flow from rent to own every month would offset that negative cash flow from the agreement for sale, which means that I didn't have any negative cash flow. I was positive cash flow and I didn't have to worry about the sale. But that again, now you can understand my perspective at that particular time, why I implemented rent to own. It was, it was intentional. I wasn't like, ooh, I'm going to start an agreement for sale business. Ooh, I'm going to start a rent-to-own business. Ooh, I love short-term rentals. No, it was very intentional. It was a solution to a problem that I had. And once I solved that problem there, and I was able to acquire those properties, and the optics of it were working, right? Everybody was seeing that we were buying properties. Everyone, then I found joint venture partners to partner on those properties. We grew up our joint venture list, and then we were able to scale, Right. So I worked my way backwards. I'm trying to figure out how do I grow? How do I get to this goal that I want to get to? I need joint venture partners. Joint venture partners say no. Okay, cool. What do I need to do in order to get joint venture partners confident with me? I need to go get some agreement for sale deals. I take an agreement for sale course. I learn how to do it. As soon as I get into the agreement for sales, I find out it's negative cash flow. I'm going to have to cover this negative cash flow. Okay, what's my solution? Rent to owns. It'll offset the negative cash flow. I have an end buyer. It mitigates my risks. Perfect. I do the agreement for sale. I get the rent to own buyer. I go back to my joint venture partner. They say, yes, problem solved. See how I engineered that? And that was why I did that at that particular time. Why don't I do any rent to owns today? Because I don't need to. Because it doesn't fit my focus. Now I'm focusing on other things. And I stay focused on that. Why did I only do fix and flips this year? Focus because I wanted to build a fix and flip business. That was the outcome that I wanted from this year. I wanted a fix and flip business that makes $500,000 a year and I wanted it automated. So I put all of my energy into that this year. Last year I had another business that I was working on. Next year I'm gonna have another business. But it's all about focus, one thing, one thing at a time. I have an outcome that I need to achieve. I'm gonna complete that, I'm gonna achieve that outcome and then I'm gonna move on to something else, automate it, move on right? Why don't we do agreement for sales anymore? If you're so good, Wayne, why don't you do agreement for sales? Because that's not where I am right now. It's not what I'm focusing on. It served its purpose for the outcome that I was looking for. I used that strategy. Could I go get 20 agreement for sales this year? 100%. Would I see my family? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not be home very much, but I could. So it's not about whether you can or whether you should like it's more about sorry it's not about whether you can it's about whether you should yeah. and what is the end goal what is the outcome that you are trying to achieve i could tell you that fix and flips is a great idea right now agreement for sales is a great idea right now but it does not apply to everyone what are the goals that you are trying to achieve figure that out first and then figure out which strategy complements that little off topic, but I thought it was important. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Let me tell you something. I think there's a huge opportunity for rent to own businesses. I don't think enough people are doing it. But I also know not enough of you, there's not enough of you that are patient enough and determined enough in order to create it. That is a very hard business model to create. There's a lot of moving pieces. You need a lot of investors. You need to learn how to do it. You need to build a buyer's list. There's a lot of marketing involved. You got to learn how to screen. And you, like it's, it, it would be a very difficult business to build, but it's possible. And not enough people have the stones to do it. 
I've said it a few times on the show, like I've been waiting for someone to to jump on this, mm-hmm. but no one's had the patience for it. Mm-hmm. But rent owns there. There's a huge opportunity in our and in, in most markets for this. There's not enough rent to own businesses in Canada, and the prospect of home ownership is 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 fizzling away. How many more decades? How many more generations before home ownership is going to become a thing of the past? Uh, it's no longer going to be a birthright. The affordability for home ownership is going to be so high that you are going to need to inherit your parents' home or the equity in their home in order to get home. How many more decades? How many more generations? And then all the rent-to-own businesses are going to come in. When so- as soon as that <laughs> happens, the rent-to-own businesses are going to become very popular. But can you be ahead of the curve? No one knows. No one can predict when it's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, it, it's is that is that fair to say? Do you think that? Do you think that the average household income will will be able to continue to afford homes, or do you think that home prices will go up and 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 household incomes will not be able to keep up? I don't think I worded that correctly. Yeah, you did. Do you think that our average income will keep up with the cost of building a home? Has nothing to do with the housing market, but what's the cost of building materials? Building materials are going up. Holy shit. Yeah, crazy. Are going up. And if building materials continue to go up, then the cost of building new properties is going to go up. And if that's the case, then just the market will go up as well. Will it not? Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? Huge opportunity for Antone. But don't wait until it happens and then be like, oh, wow, that'd be a good idea. No, you got to think proactively. Now, we don't know when that's going to happen. We really don't. It can happen very quickly. It can happen 40 years from now. Who knows? But um, it's certainly in the back of my head because I look for things like that. I look for demand in the market. What are people looking for? What are people willing to buy? That's what entrepreneurs do. We always just look for problems in the market and we offer solutions. I'm just keeping my eye on it. Because one of these years, maybe it's 2023, maybe it's 2024, you're going to notice that Wayne is starting Masters Rent to Own. And you're like, oh, shit, he, I remember him talking about that. <laughs> right? One of these years, that's going to be my big project. You know, you think, oh, Wayne only does fix and flips. No, 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 no. I, I just build businesses where the demand is. Right? So beat me to it. Go ahead. I challenge you. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm giving you guys this stuff for free. Remember remember last year when we talked about townhouse burrs? Mm-hmm. A few people hopped on it. Like two or three. <laughs> like two. <laughs> right? I'm giving you guys all this stuff for free. It's just you got to go out and do it. You got to. You gotta. And guess what? Those two or three people now have a few rental properties. Yes, they do. For very, very, very little money in. Yeah. I actually know another person that's just finishing his right now. Yeah. And it looks really good. So, okay, uh, Mr. Okay, Ryan, let's go with Ryan first. It's a faster one. Ryan says, with interest rates continuing to rise, what adjustments should investors be making to maintain positive cash flow? Okay, cash flow is the difference between expenses and rent. So, can you control your rent? No, the market is the market. The rent is whatever the whatever the market is willing to pay. If you can increase your rents and someone's willing to pay for it, then yes, you can increase the rent and increase your cash flow. Um, but it's a little bit harder because the market is the market. 
What can you control? Can you control your property taxes? No. Can you control your insurance? No. Can you control your utilities? No. Can you control um, your mortgage? Yes. You can amortize it longer to decrease your payments. You can't control the interest rate, but you can control your amortization and you can control your uh, down payment amount. So reducing the amount of mortgaged money will decrease your mortgage payments. So how do you, what adjustments do you make? Larger down payments. If you want more cash flow, reduce the amount of the mortgage, which will reduce your mortgage payment, increase the amortization, and that will lower your mortgage payments, which will lower your expenses, which will increase your cash flow. I know you're stubborn. You're like, but I only want to put 20% down. Well, sucks. It sucks, but like you got to, you got to do it. If you want more cash flow, you need to reduce your expenses. That's the only thing that you can focus on. That's the only thing you can, can, you can control. So maybe put 25 or 30% down. Yes, it will lower your ROI. You're returning your investment. However, it will increase your cash flow. If that's what you want. It's my fast answer. And I don't think I need to dive any deeper into that. It's very simple, right? Um, and sorry, that 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 goofy voice was not you, Ryan. It was just people in general that I hear on a regular basis. But I only want to put 5% down. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, Pete's last question today. We'll finish up this, uh, this Tuesday broadcast. Um, do you want to read it? Which one? Uh, Pete's question. Sure. <clears throat> I am not on it, though. Okay, I will read it, and then you get to answer. It's a big one. You're reading a big question at 701? It literally says, big tenant question in caps. Oh, jeez. Okay, don't keep me too long. All right, I got this. Big tenant question. What do you do when a tenant emails you yesterday that due to unforeseen circumstances, she is moving to Nova Scotia and this will be her last month here? She signed a 12-month lease in April. I called the tenants next door and they confirmed she is selling everything and moving by the end of the week. No notice was given. This is the tenant who was having troubles last month paying rent and wanted to get a roommate. I emailed her last week and she said she couldn't find a roommate. So she's probably just like, she's done. She said, I can't afford this anymore. I'm moving home with my mom. Was, I'm assuming that's what's going on. Okay, what so you, you know Gabby? she's abandoning her lease. That's a fact. That's a given. Yeah. Um, so get your rental ad together. Um, ask her for a forwarding address where you can send her um, statement of account. Um, hopefully she gives you a mom's address so that you can contact her after the fact. But right now you're in mitigating, you're in potentially mitigating losses uh, campaign mode. <laughs> so you're getting your property listed. You're trying to fill it as quickly as possible. Um, you're probably going to face a November vacancy considering we're five days, six days away from the end of the month. Um, and, and, um, sorry, Wayne, you're like, 
whatever you're doing has me distracted. I'm cleaning sleep out of my eye. <laughs> you ever just get like a chunk of sleep in your eye? Just like digging in there hard. But it's like it's really in there. <laughs> what was I saying? I don't know. Pete, um, Pete you, you got you got your answer? <laughs> um, there's, I guess what I was getting at is there's nothing you can do from stop her. You're not going to convince her to stay. Like she's selling her stuff and she's moving. Yeah. So oh, you're don't. you're trying to get your property listed and you're trying to get it rented as quickly as possible. Um, I would try to um, t to really be clear with her that um, you know you want to get her her full damage deposit back and you want this to go smoothly. So she needs to make sure that the place is professionally cleaned, that um, you know that there's there's no extra expenses that you're going to need to hold back from her. Um, get it, leave it in really great shape so that you can get it rented quickly so that she won't be responsible for more rent. Um, like just really clearly state that, um, you know, in order for this to go smoothly for everybody and for you not to be responsible for additional stuff that she needs to do her part. And uh, yeah, get it filled as quickly as you can. If she's fleeing provinces, there's likely not a good chance that you'll be able to successfully um, go after her what do you think Wayne for like November say November rent if he has the vacancy it's gonna be hard yeah yeah absolutely I it's it's funny if you guys have been hanging out long enough on the show you'll know that Gabby and I have two completely different ways of processing uh, and analyzing situations um, me I automatically go to the legal side of it mm -hmm. okay what are my obligations what are her obligations and how do I protect myself and Gabby goes, um, you know, right to like, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how I need to write it. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I, I can't really define both, both approaches into words, but um, your obligations, um, you both have obligations, you and your tenant, and that is to fulfill the 12 month lease that you agreed to. Now she is in breach of that. She is leaving. However, uh, and, and if she leaves, she is technically still responsible until the end of the lease as per the Alberta residential tenancies act. Okay. However, when she does that, when she abandons it, when she requests to move out, you, your obligations are to fill the vacancy as quickly as possible. You need to find a suitable replacement for the same rent or more as soon as possible. That is your obligation. Okay. And you have to prove that. So you have to prove, document, and, and save your Kijiji ads and your Facebook ads, take screenshots, screenshots yeah. um, you know, uh, make notes of what days you did showings. You have to prove that stuff if it ever comes to court. Okay. But you are responsible to find a suitable replacement. If she's leaving now or in October and you don't find someone for November, but you find someone for December 1st, she is responsible for the rent for November. However, she's not responsible as soon as you sign a new lease. Gabby was mentioning the enforceability of this is going to be very difficult because she's going to be in Nova Scotia. So it, it will be very hard to pursue her. Um, these are the rules, but the, will you actually be able to? It will be a lot of work. Um, it's not fair. However, I believe that the act in Alberta is well-balanced, is a very well-balanced system for fairness for landlords and tenants. 
I hate hearing about stuff like this. We had this conversation recently on the podcast. We were talking about what do you do when someone says they want to leave early. For me, automatically, I'm like, no, you are going to fulfill your obligations of this lease. We had an agreement. And I got shh, I got pooped on on the internet because like, oh, you're so insensitive. Why would why wouldn't why are you, you know, chasing after this person? They're not even living there anymore. Why are they responsible? Because we have an agreement. We have a contract. What is the point of having a contract if you're not going to uphold it? So I feel bad for Pete because Pete now, now this is coming out of Pete's pocket, right? Yeah. Um, so if, if I may do what you're supposed to, um, you gotta, you gotta know the residential tenancies act inside and out. Okay. You gotta, and, and this is a great opportunity to learn it. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to find a suitable replacement. Um, you're going to have everything documented in email. Because the reason why you're documenting all this stuff and putting it into a file is because if you ever do need to go to court, you got to have your ducks in a row and you got to have your evidence. Um, you need to let the girl know that she is responsible until a suitable replacement is found. Okay. As is your right, sorry, your responsibility by the act. You find a suitable replacement, you fill it. Um, now, her security deposit, that's a funny one. Can I talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll so give you two more minutes and then we can talk about this more tomorrow. Okay. So with the security deposit, um, it's actually nice that it does line up with the end of the month that she's moving out because, um, you know, you're going to do your move out inspection with her before she leaves. And then you have 10 days to provide her with her statement of account. And that 10 days is now going to fall 10 days into November. So when she doesn't pay her rent on November 1st, because she is still responsible to do that mm -hmm. because the vacancy hasn't been filled yet. Um, you can then record that on her statement of account that that payment has not been made and that that is money owed. Yeah. So if she first, first thing on your statement of account is going to be if there's cleaning um, charges, like if she doesn't clean well enough and you need to hire in a cleaner, those charges. If there's any damages, you're going to, you're going to list the charges to get those repaired. And then on top of that, the last thing you're going to mention is the owed rents. So there's going to be a negative balance as if there's cleaning and repairs needed, yeah. there should be a negative um, balance owing back to her as in she's going to owe you money, yeah. not the other way around from that security deposit. So um, just make sure that you do that move out clean, you get her her statement of account stating these are the charges we had to take off, including the old rents for November that you did not pay. Um, and this is the balance that you owe me and clearly state that on your statement of account, you owe me a balance and, um, that, and that it's due immediately Yeah. and she's probably not going to pay it, but you never know. She might. That's also why I like to, um, don't like, I also like to just keep things, um, positive. We're doing everything we can to fill this as quickly as possible so that we can, you know, get you off the hook. We can get our place filled and nobody's out. Um, please send me your, please, your new address so I can send you your security deposit back. Yeah. Just like to keep it as if you're working with her instead of like, you're supposed to stay here and you're not getting your deposit back and blah, 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 because then she's just going to ghost you. Right. Yeah. So if you keep it that you're working hard to make things good for both of you, then hopefully she might just be like, oh, okay, I owe you $300. Okay. Yeah. I'll pay that. And then hopefully you get it filled for December 1st. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah that's my advice. Uh, one last thing Pete says, is there any reason for me to give back the damage deposit? That's why I just. Deposit? Well, I just want to state you always yes, have to give the security deposit back. To do any money properly. you take from the security deposit, call it security, not damage. 
it's a technicality thing. You any money you you deduct from the security deposit that you would deduct from the statement of account for your security deposit um, needs to be expenses that you incurred yeah. or owed rents. Okay, so cleaning charges you need to show a receipt. Um, uh, uh, damages, damages, repairs. repairs yeah. You need to show the receipt or owed rents that were not paid. Um, you can't just keep a deposit because someone left. You have to show exactly what it is and you need to fill out your statement of account um, for that security deposit. So, you know what? Um, what a terrific show today. Um, sounds like Jared was having like a really interesting conversation with Kyle about some wholesaler in Saskatoon. No, in Alberta. Oh, they were talking about both. Yeah, both. Uh, kind of, sort of. I didn't catch all of it. I was, you know, I was talking, but I saw that there was a pretty cool conversation. Just a, you know, a reminder to um, to all of you guys if you if you're feeling left out from that conversation, you're like, oh, what were they talking about? We'll join the morning show every morning live, and you get to see those conversations and and have those discussions. And also, you know, like the um, one, two, three, four people today that had questions who got them answered. That could be you too, mm-hmm. right? And um, I'm I feel really terrible for Pete that he's going through this right now. I know the level of stress that this creates and um, Pete, feel free to come back tomorrow. And if you have more questions, please just hit us with them. You can also ask them in the free real estate investing masters Facebook group. Um, Either ourselves or someone else will get on that right away and get your questions answered. Um, You, you know us real well, man. Like we'll, we'll do whatever we can to, to, to help you. Um, You don't need to be a part of the master's mentorship program to get that support. Um, we'll do what we can to make sure that you guys have access to free coaching every day. Um, so you can get the answers that you need and you can move forward and hopefully you don't lose too much money. So on that note, I think it's, uh, what day is it today? Tuesday. Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.